This is Fortune's Wheel, a podcast history of the late Middle Ages. I'm your host, Jonathan. This is a bonus episode, episode 16, The Wild Hunt. Welcome to our short series of break-off episodes here in the last week of October, where we will take a peek at the stranger, creepier, and spookier events, practices, and encounters across medieval Europe. As we've learned so far, the peoples who migrated and settled across the harsh northern regions of Europe, encircling the Baltic and North Seas, and the people who crossed the English Channel to settle the islands there, all share a common ancestor the northern Germanic tribes consisting of Saxons, Jutes, Franks, Angles, Frisians, and Danes. Because of this, they share a great many legends, myths, and ideas regarding their native gods, goddesses, heroes, and visions of the afterlife. In the series' first installment, we take a look at one of the most haunting stories these people share. Many versions exist throughout this time period across the kingdoms of England, Ireland, Norway, West Francia, the Holy Roman Empire, Denmark, Sweden, and into the steppes of Eurasia, having traveled with the Swedish Vikings who eventually became the Rus. We will take a look at the frightening event to behold, as well as the people who swore to its authenticity. Oskorea meant terrifying ride in Old Scandinavian. Vutonis Er translates to Odin's army in Middle High German. In Modern German, we call it Wildjagd, or The Wild Hunt in English. I hope you enjoy the show. Many in English, Norse, Swedish, Norman, and Germanic family would huddle together on cold evenings, not only to keep warm, but to feel safer on these blustery nights. Just outside the door, terrors awaited. Terrors from the mighty Fenrir the wolf who sat salivating over the prospect of human flesh, to the Drogur who sought vengeance for a life cut too soon. These terrors, they were lurking just outside the door. Fathers stayed awake all night and could just make out the faint sounds through the winter winds, buffeting their homes of the deadly procession led by Odin himself. Odin, sitting atop Sleipnir, his eight-legged black steed rode through the nine realms on these nights on a shamanic quest for more knowledge trailed by his ghostly army behind him. The Germanic peoples thought deeply about death and associated it very closely with winter. This, in my opinion, could have been spurred by the idea of the death of the fields, the freezing of natural movement, including themselves, and the promise of life beyond the frost. That, and come on, This story connects us directly to our ancestors in the North, insofar as we too today feel compelled to huddle up with friends and loved ones 
and tell a chilling tale late at night with the lights off. In addition, the Norse were heavily immersed in ancestor worship. The dead were never far from memory within the community and were prayed to and relied on to help in dire situations. They were chiefly in charge of making the lands ready to be tilled and planted again. It's no coincidence that in the middle of winter, whether it's just outside of London, deep in the dark forests of Bavaria, or tucked into the folds of those majestic fjords across Scandinavia, the desperation for spring became palpable. These tales varied from place to place, but they were still cut from the same cloth. They always included animals, such as horses, domesticated dogs, and wolves. There was always a spectral leader, a parade of followers, loud booms from the hounds in tow, lightning in the sky, and the huntsmen who scream of death and war. But as the centuries wore on and this story was told and retold for generations, it began to take a more sinister approach, including werewolves and demons and, yes, even dragons. And they most certainly all had red, blazing eyes one could see floating between the trees. Let us now listen to a few of the accounts throughout history of the Wild Hunt. From Kveldulf Hagen Gundorsen, translated as Mountain Thunder, written in Orkney in the far north of Scotland, it reads, When the winter winds blow and the Yule fires are lit, it is best to stay indoors safely shut away from the dark paths and the wild heaths. Those who wander out by themselves during the Yule nights may hear a sudden rustling through the tops of the trees, a rustling that might be the wind, though the rest of the wood is still. But then the barkings of dogs fills the air, and the host of wild souls sweep down, fire flashing from the eyes of the black hounds and the hooves of the black horses. Walter Mapp, a Welsh writer in the 1100s, wrote, This household of Herlithingus was last seen in the marches of Wales and Hereford in the first year of the reign of Henry II, about noonday, they, as we do, with carts and sumpter horses, pack saddles and panniers, hawks and hounds, and a concourse of men and women. Those who saw them first raised the whole country against them with horns and shouts, and because they were unable to wring a word from them by addressing them, made ready to extort an answer with their weapons. They, however, rose up into the air and vanished on a sudden. From William Henderson's Notes on the Folklore of the Northern Counties of England and the Borders, published in London in 1866 
tells the following tale. King Herla had once been to the marriage feast of a dwarf who lived in a mountain. As he left the bridal hall, the host presented him with horses, dogs, and hunting gear, although with a bloodhound which was set on the saddle bow before the king and the troop was bidden not to get off their horses till the dog leaped down. On returning to his palace, the king learned that he had been absent for two hundred years, which had passed as one night whilst he was in the mountains with the dwarf. Some of the retainers jumped off their horses and fell to dust. But the king and the rest ride on till the bloodhound bounds from the saddle, which will be at the last day. This motif of time lost associated with the wild hunt is found in many stories around the globe, such as The Aged Bride from Denmark, Rip Van Winkle by Washington Irving in the United States, and we can even see if we squint just so this same idea in the various Man Under the Mountain stories. Published in 1852, in Northern Mythology Comprising the Principal Traditions and Superstitions of Scandinavia, North Germany, and the Netherlands, Volume 3, by Benjamin Thorpe, this version of the Wild Hunt comes from the Netherlands. The concubine of an ecclesiastic having died the night after her death, as a soldier and his comrades were riding through a forest. They were surprised at hearing a woman's voice crying for help. Shortly after, they saw the woman running towards them. One of the soldiers then descending from his horse made a circle around himself on the earth with his sword, into which he drew the woman. Immediately after that they heard a fearful noise in the air, like that of many huntsmen and dogs, at which the woman trembled violently. But the soldier, giving his horse to one of his comrades, took hold of the woman's long tresses and wound them around his left arm, while in his right hand he held his sword stretched out before him. When the wild hunt drew nigh, the woman whispered to the soldier, Ride without me, ride without me, there he comes. The soldier, however, continued holding her fast by the hair, but she tore herself away and fled, leaving her long tresses in his hand. But the huntsman soon caught her and threw her across his saddle, so that her head and arms hung down on one side and her legs on the other. Next morning, when he entered the town, the soldier related his adventure and showed the hair on his arm. The people at first would not believe him, but went and opened the coffin, and there found the body lying without hair. Poland even has its own version of the Wild Hunt. This one published in 1837, but has deep roots dating back centuries. It reads, In the Skrzynka woods, which are a part of Wirth Forest in the Stargard region, there is a high mountain named Bowler Mountain. The Wild Huntsman frequents this mountain on St. Bartholomew's Night. Many people have experienced how he rides through the forest with a frightful clamor. 
One time the head forester of the district was passing through these woods on, on this night, and he heard the noise. In the belief that he was pursuing some poachers, he followed the sound. Although he exerted himself to the utmost, he was unable to overtake the huntsman, and he uttered a blasphemous curse. Suddenly, there was a frightful commotion above the forester's head. He heard the words, Here is something for you from our hunt. And a human leg was thrown into the carriage. And finally, this was from the 1127 entry of the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles. It reads, Let no one be surprised at what we are about to relate, for it was common gossip up and down the countryside, that after February 6th, many people both saw and heard a whole pack of huntsmen in full cry. They straddled black horses and black bucks while their hounds were pitch black with staring, hideous eyes. This was seen in the very deer park of Peterborough Town, and on all the woods stretching from that same spot as far as Stamford. All through the night monks heard them sounding and winding their horns, Reliable witnesses who kept watch in the night declared that there might well have been twenty or thirty of them in this wild tentivy as near as they could tell. Whether you were telling a scary fireside story in the depths of the coldest winter, or you were officially recounting the goings-on of the kingdom, as in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles, there is no doubting the idea that the people of medieval northern Europe believed in the periodic appearance of a god, or an ancestor, or both. These stories and so many more prove that the world they experienced was still, was still full of magic and terror and unbreakable rules. Stay inside at all costs. When boots crunch the snow outside your window, do not look outside. When the howls of a pack of hounds push past your house, do not go out to investigate. And when your curiosity gets the best of you, and you trail this ghostly procession, do not curse in frustration, lest you receive a gift from the hunt. The hunt.